episode 71 of the MLS Aces podcast. This is your host, Tom Sweezy. Like I promised, this is the second episode this week. But joined with me is not Riley McManus, not my partner in crime. But it is the guy who created the fantastic MLS Aces logo that we've been rolling with. He is the creator. If you have an MLS Aces podcast sticker, he is the creator of that sticker design that you have. His name is Jason Vivang. Jason, how you doing? Doing okay. Like I, we talked a little bit earlier, it's a pretty uh, busy day, so I'm squeezing in this little episode, and I hope everyone who's listening, and I hope you, you know, you enjoy being on. Yeah, of course, loving it. I hope everyone, you know, finds our insights to be helpful. <laughs> um, well, I did want to introduce you a little bit. You're a Chicago Fire fan, right? Yeah. Yes, I am. How you feeling about Chicago Born Fire? Guy in the Chicago- how you feeling about the how how are you feeling about the Chicago Fire so far? Um, let's just say I'm not as confident as it was <laughs> last season. I agree. At the same point, um, little confused by some of what they're seemingly doing or not doing. Well, I mean, um, I, I the feel Katai situation. Like, I think that's a no-brainer. You got to bite him. If yeah. you have the chance. Exactly. I mean, look. So, I mean, things like, like that. I, uh, the fire, I mean, can we make the playoffs? Yeah, I still I still believe we can make the playoffs, but I think they got to figure some stuff out. But I don't know if it's front office or coaching or players, but it seems like they're a little bit uh, all over the place this season. No, I agree with you completely. Um... Chicago's one of those interesting teams that they have, like, and I don't really give the Chicago Fire a lot of love on this podcast. We could talk about them a little bit right now. Um, I, I like some of the players on the team. Like, I like Brandon Vincent. I like um, Matt Polster. I think when you know Matt Polster's healthy and he's filling, he went, and when he's in at that right back position, that's been a fantastic um, position change for him. Along with Dax McCarty, Bash and Schweinsteiger, you know they're older veterans, but they do their job. Nikolic. Uh, up top hasn't been what he was last year, but he's still putting in goals when he can. And then I think you're right. Buying Alexander Katai is just was a move you have to make because he's your leading goal scorer. I th- I'm pretty sure as of right now. So I mean, I like where the fire sits if they yeah, if, if they can have some healthy pieces. But at the end of the day, you still have some glaring holes in that team that hopefully they can fix in this uh, this summer window. Definitely, definitely. But let's move on. World Cup action. Great two uh, semifinal games that happened this past week. We had France versus Belgium. That was, that was probably the more exciting of the two games. Actually, can't even say that. And then you had England-Croatia. Um, let's start with France-Belgium. Let's start with the first game of the week. That was Tuesday. And France... France advances off a one nothing win over Belgium. A Samuel Untiti um, goal in the 51st minute leads the uh, 
leads the French team to the World Cup final, and it was an absolutely fantastic game in my opinion. Um, first half ending 0-0, just you know, it, it kind of drew more more intensity to the second half, and then the French just came out hot in that second half. And Golo Kanté played great right in front of that back line. Uh, Kylian Mbappe is having a fantastic tournament. He might be a Real Madrid player by the end of this summer. You know, France had a fantastic game, came out hot in the second half, and that's not putting down what Belgium did because Belgium, they've had a fantastic tournament. They have Romelu Lukaku, Kevin De Bruyne, Eden Hazard. They have great players and put up a strong, strong fight against France. Um, when you were watching, Jason, how, how did you feel about this game? So, I did think, like, I agree. I think it was a phenomenal game. Um, basically, like, I think France is just talent-wise so good individually, and I, I feel like they're kind of putting it together. A uh, couple of years back in the Euros, I was watching, you know, France, you know, they went on their run, making the final against Portugal and, and inevitably losing, but I think that that tournament has done so much for their confidence and, like, their identity as a team. I think a lot of the guys that were at that Euro are playing now in this World Cup. And it just seems like they're all way more familiar with each other and know their roles, which is, in my opinion, one of the most important things that they can do because, I mean, now you're playing teams like Belgium who are just credit to Belgium. That team that team had a great tournament. And, you know, I was really impressed with a lot. Well, going into this match, I honestly had no idea who to pick like I I did not know who was coming out of this I could have seen it go either way just happened to go uh, France's way and now I think France is in a really good shape to uh, win the World Cup uh, definitely when I when Riley and I were first previewing this World Cup and stuff we both had France making it to the final we both literally had the same final France Germany at the end of the day Germany pulled the Germany and well, Germany pulled what France typically does and just blow it but uh, this French team, this French team looks a little different. I don't know. I think you know you have some of the best players in the world all playing on the same starting eleven. You know, Paul Pogba. No matter what people want to say about him, he was he was a hundred million euro for a reason. And Golo Kanté, I think, might be the best defensive midfielder in the world. You have Kylian Mbappe, like I said, teenage superstar, and then Antoine Griezmann. This French team is absolutely loaded, absolutely stacked, and they're gonna be good for the next few years. Different situation for the Belgian team that where you have a lot of guys who are older who you probably may not who you're not going to see in the next World Cup cycle with uh, Vertogen, Vincent Kompany, um, Eden Hazard, maybe Axel Witzel, you know, guys like that who are who played a prominent role in this in this World Cup who you probably won't see again in um, a Belgian World Cup game, which is sad because you know, everyone was calling it the golden generation and every everyone calls every team's golden generation, you know. But this Belgian team really kind of felt like they came together all at the at the perfect time. So I do have to give them credit. Um, is there anything else you want to say about this game before we move on to a little of uh, the more, I guess, the more exciting of the two games? Uh, just about what you were saying about Belgium there. I, uh, I definitely agree. I think um, it's kind of depressing almost to think about how this team played so well and is not, you know, living up to what they obviously wanted. Um, I mean, 
Eden Hazard, like, maybe will be at the next World Cup, but a lot of those guys won't. And I get it. Like, a ton of people say, like, oh, this is the golden generation. You know, we love to say that, throw that around. But for Belgium, this really did feel like this was their time to win it. And it might be a, a long way back. It just makes you think, what happens if Belgium loses the, uh, loses that game to England in the group stage, and they're on England's path, uh, England's path, and, you know, they're up against Croatia in the semifinal. It's literally that one game that just changed so much for this Belgian team going in, and then you have oh, to, you, you have to run into France instead of Croatia, you know, big, big difference in, uh, talent, but, um... Let's transition over to Croatia, England. At the end of the day, we all know what happened. Croatia uh, sent England to the third place game. The World Cup is not coming home. It is not coming home. And um, the goals in this one for Croatia came from Ivan Perisic in the 68th minute, Mario Mandzukic with the game winner in the 109th minute, and uh, for England, Kieran Trippier had the, uh, had the fifth minute free kick goal. That was an absolute stunner, but... It wasn't enough to move England on into the World Cup final. Now they will be facing Belgium again for the second time in this tournament. Just for, you know, third place game, it's pretty much just fun for uh, for soccer fans to watch. But um, are, you, are you happy with this result? Because a lot of people were upset that, you know, England's whole it's coming home movement's over and... and Croatia, you know, they're moving on, and they they, ha- they don't have the most talented team, and they're going up against France, who's absolutely stacked. Um, well, so I think Croatia, like, going into this game, uh, I was thinking about, you know, England and Croatia, like, who did I really want to see in the final to play France? I think probably would have preferred England, but at the same time, like Croatia is still a very good team, and to to get to where they are after playing three straight games now in uh, extra time, and two of them going into penalties is is pretty amazing. Especially since a lot of those guys, you can tell they're heavy legs at the end of the game. They're tired out there, and they're just pushing themselves to the absolute limit. And Honestly, I have to hand it to him. Like, it's impressive to watch. I see Modric out there is just, like, I don't know. That guy's got some type of motor that's just allowing him to be so well during these, like, games. And in this final. And I think, uh, in the end, we're probably going to have a pretty good final. And I think we would have had a good final either way. But... I think Croatia can give uh, France a little bit more uh, pressure than people are are really believing going into it. No, and I, I can completely agree with you there. Um, so, I mean, my take on this Croatian team is that, you know, Mario Mandzukic, he's older, he's probably on his last leg, this will probably be the last World Cup or major tournament we see from him in Croatian uniform, and he's absolutely going out on a fantastic tournament, because he's played extremely well, teams are focused on him, which is allowing other players like Rakitic and Modric and Perisic to open up more and kind of and kind of do their thing, and... You know, Perisic scored in this one. Luka Modric, you just won the Champions League, and now you're now you're potentially going to a World Cup final to win that. I think that shows his world class uh, ability. And then Ivan Rakitic, um, Daniel Lovren, 
the Subasic in that, you know, this this entire Croatian team has really everyone's kind of played up a level and it's really put them over the bar and obviously no one expected them to make it to a World Cup final and now here they are. They may have had an, an easier road than France or, you know, even what Belgium has has to has had to go through. But, I mean, you can't take this away that this Croatian team is going to go play for their first ever World Cup final. And um, on the England side of things, you know, I, I was getting into the whole we're coming home movement. Everyone's, you know, freaking out about that. But they had a, they've had a great tournament. Harry Kane is probably going to win the Golden Boot, even though, like, 17 of his goals have come from penalty kicks, which is no fun. Um, Jordan Pickford, I think, I think he's been the best goalkeeper in this tournament, and... There's going to be a lot of English babies named Jordan in nine months. Uh, you know, it, it's been an absolute fantastic <laughs> tournament from from a lot of these English players. And I think that England's in a good spot, especially for the next four years, because a lot of these guys are young. Deli Ali, Raheem Sterling, Jesse Lingard, you know, they're, they're all extremely young English guys that are going to kind of bring the next crop of English talent up with them. Yeah, I think uh, England average age was the lowest there, and tied with France too. So it's pretty impressive to see two teams go pretty far, relatively young squads. So there's a lot to look forward to for the future for England. Uh, definitely, definitely is. So we've talked about these the, the uh, two semifinal games, and I think that there was a lot of fun action, a lot of fun, uh, just a fun soccer in general. Let's talk about this World Cup final that's going to come up. We have France. We've talked about them. We've raved about their about their extreme talent. We have Croatia. And we've raved about their their them playing bigger than what they are in their heart in this tournament. How do you feel like this game's going to go? Who do you think comes out on top in the end? Win this game. Uh, for a few reasons, I definitely think France by position. I think their players overall are better. I mean, Nicole Conte has just been amazing. And he allows, by being the player he is, this like, defensive mid kind of player, he allows like Pogba and Griezmann, Mbappe, so much more freedom than you know they would normally get, and maybe that's some of the uh, some of uh, crit- critics on Pogba have been saying like in the Premier League that he wasn't performing to the level that they thought he could. We're seeing some of like his actual level. So I just think right now they're all playing at a very high level. Um, the second reason I think France will take this is. Uh, a lot of the Croatian players have been getting beat up in these games, especially uh, Strinic, who is their defense, one yeah. of their defenders, yeah. who will most likely be starting this game. If he's starting this game, he's gone out early and was uh, limping off the field in, I think, two or three of their last games. And he's going to be the guy that's going to have to stop Mbappe. And if he's not full strength, and you're trying to stop Mbappe, who's running at defenses at 90 miles an hour, basically. 
I think that's just going to be a huge headache for him and the Croatian team, and I don't know how they are going to deal with that. No, I completely agree. I think you have a Croatian team that's logged a lot of minutes. They've gone to, I'm not sure the exact number, but a decent amount of penalty kicks in this tournament. And a lot of these guys are tired, they're hurt, and they're older. You know, so it's, I don't know how much uh, this Croatian team can, can, can rely on Luka Modric and Perisic and that midfield to kind of continue to hold things down while you have Kylian Mbappe, Antoine Griezmann, Olivier Giroud just running at you and running at you and running at you and wearing you out over the course of 90 minutes. France has shown they'll win a game one nothing in this tournament, and they have no problem doing it, and they have no problem waiting it out and getting to the second half and taking a free kick goal, a corner kick goal, whatever, and just winning because this French team is world-class, Every single player on this starting 11 for France, you would argue, is, you know, near at the top of their position in the world, and this French team is dangerous, and that's why I picked them to make it to the World Cup Final before this tournament even started, and that's why a lot of people have a lot of high hopes and high, you know, potential for this French team, and if they, if they, it's, it's lose or nothing, pretty much, at this, uh, you know, what, it, it was lose or nothing the entire tournament, but at this point, it looks like, you know, France has a, has a very good shot at winning this tournament, but you also, you have to look at, at Croatia, when you see, um, teams in any sport playing to this level of where your heart's in it completely, and you're upsetting teams, and your best players are just playing even better and carrying their teams to an even to an even um to an even greater point it's it's unbelievable and I don't think you can completely count Croatia out but I pick France as well yeah I don't think you can count Croatia out I think they're gonna have a really hard time but uh it's kind of like during the England game when they're playing England they didn't really look that great for the most part of the beginning of that game and after they got that goal it was like watching a different team and how much like faith they have I think they've had multiple comeback wins now yeah so they they don't give up and they're not going to give up so I think you know if France goes up a goal they're not going to be able to sit back maybe as much as they would like to I think it's going to be more of they have to really defend this Croatian team because one goal, we've seen how one goal can really change this team, and basically after they scored that goal, it looked like they were running, looked like they weren't tired at all it was kind of amazing how much of a turnaround they had, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree, and I think that's gonna, that's gonna carry over into France having to have to defend till the very last minute, because Croatia's put away late, late game goals, and um, you know these these goals that just change the flow of the game and change the confidence level of the team they're going up against. And look, Croatia's knocked out the host tournament, which isn't always the easiest thing to do. Then you knock out England, who is one of the hottest teams in the tournament. Now you have to go up against France, who, who people would argue is a top four most talented team in this tournament. Um, and... Is that going to eventually take the to- like take a toll on this team and you know wear this team out completely? I don't know. I think it's going to be a much better final than what people are. You know, I think a lot of people are having France win by a landslide, 
And um, I think it's going to be a much better final than that and what people are uh, predicting from that. Yeah, I hope so. I think uh, we're going to see some good, good soccer. Um, and I think it'll be more thrilling than people are uh, thinking it will be. Exactly. Well, Jason, I want to thank you for coming on. This is a quick little episode, a little World Cup final preview, and I'm glad you can fill in for Riley because Riley's off doing his own thing. Where can people find you at on social media? So on Twitter, it's at Jason Vang. They could, uh, I follow you guys, and I'm sure in the tweet you'll tag me or whatever, so follow me there um basically it's just twitter so huh no problem yeah that's where you can find me message talk to me every need anyone can get come through uh thank you for having me yeah man of course i mean like i said you created our logo and that's and it's a fantastic logo that i love and you're a Chicago Fire fan so you know i can always make fun a little bit here and there but uh i'm glad to uh, have you on (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.